You are now listening to Chakras and Shotguns. Welcome back to Chakras and Shotguns, episode 22. I'm Mick. And I'm Jen. Welcome back. What's going on? We recording at night? How you feeling? I know, right? It's another uh, nighttime edition of Chakras and Shotguns. We had a good time with that Zodiac episode at night. It was so much fun. So, you know, I think we're in for another fun ride tonight as well. (laughs) (laughs) Mama had a glass of wine. Let's get it. Um, Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what I've been reading about the global supply chain, um, kind of before we get into the main episode. Um, You know, we're recording this about, you know, two weeks before the episode drops. Um, So what we're seeing now might even, you know, be a little bit worse. But um, there's just all these reports about how, you know, shipping lanes have been affected by COVID, um, the workers have been affected by COVID at these ports. Um, and so a lot of goods are just delayed. Um, you know, I was shopping in the mall and and they were talking about how um, they didn't have any gift cards um, because the shipments just haven't been coming in. Like like little mm. things like that. And, you know, gift cards are huge for the holiday season. So this retailer was like freaking out. Um, but then even more like important things, um, we're starting to hear there may be some, some issues, um, particularly like around food, um, certain food products. Mm-hmm. Um, depend on kind of the movement of goods across different countries. Um, it's like the the feed in order to feed a particular like chicken or turkey mm-hmm. comes from certain parts of the world. Um, and so, you know, those, those farms aren't able to get that that food. They can't necessarily feed their, their livestock. And so that could hurt the global supply of chicken and that could lead to price increases um, in certain places. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of concerning right now as we think about just preparedness and whatnot. Um, I think it's just something that people should be aware of. Yeah. Like the farm thing was interesting because we started thinking through what we might need to prepare for. And when we were thinking about food, I was like, well, I mean, we might not be able to get, you know, things that aren't seasonal, like strawberries um, in the fall. But should you eat strawberries in the fall? Because they're not as good. They're better in May. But, um, you know, you're thinking like, oh, I'm just going to shop local or I'm going to shop at the local farmer's market. And like that feed issue came up in an article where it's, you know, you don't know where your local farmers are getting their feed from, which isn't a bad thing. But if it's sourced from out of the country, that could create an issue. If... um. And then you just add in in general, like with everybody, I think people are moving about more. But last year, it was an issue with like UPS and FedEx and, you know, all this demand and they were trying to get vaccines out. Like, did they ever recover? Um, What is the workforce looking like? So it's a lot to think about. I think as we thought about it, we were like, should we start buying up more toilet paper again? Or do we need to kind of look at what we need for our day-to-day, what's coming from overseas, what's coming from China, what could potentially not be available. What we found was it's not necessarily about not being able to get certain things yet. It's more so about if a company needs to get its stuff from point A to point B, and there's limited amounts of places to put those things, the carriers can charge whatever the hell they want and so their transportation prices go up so how do they cover their transportation prices they charge us more so what we're seeing is is that um prices are going to go up and we've already started seeing that on certain things um but i was reading an article earlier today that like dove soap went up four percent which is not necessarily like a huge amount but it's like the biggest amount that they've ever had their soap go up in like quite a like multiple years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's something to pay attention to. It might be a good idea to approach this as from a financial preparedness perspective of maybe like 
paying attention to coupons, thinking through things you might want to stock up on if prices start to go up, saving maybe a little bit more. Um, I think the people who are really going to feel that squeeze are people who are following their budget very closely and um, who might not have room for like soap to go up by a dollar because that can really, you know, that's huge. Yeah. So um, be approaching it that way. Yeah, we all, we also might see a reduction in the variety of products that are available. So, mm. um, you know, when companies have to make those those close calls, like, well, what products can I actually ship? They're going to pick, you know, what's the majority of their business. They want to make the majority of their customers happy. So things that, you know, are a little more specialized or niche may get cut. So if you are someone who buys a product that isn't like the the mainstream offering from a particular brand, you mm. may want to stock up on on what you like because um, that could potentially be the first thing that gets cut. So do you think they're not going to make my um, extra creamy Chobani oat milk anymore? You know, I don't know. Let it, me tell y'all about this extra creamy Chobani oat milk, though. The lattes are fire. Um, yeah. Is that our first, like, aside of the, of the evening? That's the first aside <laughs> of the evening. Um, <laughs> anything else on global supply chain? Um, no, I, I was just going to say, like, we have also started thinking through a lot of the, like, paper products that we, you yeah. know, buy and, and trying to figure out if there's anything that we could purchase that is um, more sustainable, one, um, but that is more like a washable type solution that we could, um, you know, utilize in the event that those paper products aren't available. So, like, diapers are a big expense for us right now. And so we started looking at, like, the disposable, not the disposable, the uh, washable um, diapers that are out there on the market as a potential solution. Um, so bought some of those as like an emergency in case we have some issues with diaper supply chain. Emergency. We're trying to be more sustainable. Um, that one's going to be, you know, one of the last add-ons. <laughs> Our kids eat real food. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> um there was something else I was going to say about that. Sustainable. Oh, just like, you know, if we're preparing for like a global supply chain collapse and products could go away and you're thinking about things that things that we purchase, you know, just part, I think with COVID in general, just pay attention to how many paper towels you use in a day, especially if like you have a family um, and like things that you just like wipe up. What we found is um, reusable rags are actually not super expensive. You can find them on Amazon or you can find them at Home Depot. They're, you can find some real cheap ones at Home Depot. But, like, they're good, sturdy, no frills, reusable, like, wash towels. Um, and they're great for, like, mopping up some water that just, like, fell on the floor versus using a single-use paper towel. And I think that's cut back a lot on our paper towel usage. And so, you know... <laughs> Here's my great idea for the night. We might even like start making this a segment. Look at me just throwing out ideas. You write this down <laughs> um, of like ways that we're moving towards just like gentle sustainability. I think that I think sometimes people are like, you know, I've lessened my carbon footprint and I'm zero waste. And I think that's a lot for people who are just out here living their lives, throwing sh- in the trash and not recycling anything to go from like, I don't have any waste ever and just like, you know, sharing some of the small transitions that we've made over time to try and be more sustainable and not depend so much on, you know, consumer goods. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Which is better for the environment and we're decreasing the landfill, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I just, you know, put that nugget in your in your pocket and save it for later. All right. All right. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to talk about since we're, uh, we just posted the Enneagram episode by the time you're listening to this the Enneagram episode came out last week um I was actually scrolling through an Enneagram Instagram um on nines my type and uh it was called memes for nines at memes for nines and then I fell into a black hole and they like posted somebody else but anyways I was reading and they said Beyonce is mistyped as a three and we 
Well, they said she was mistyped as a three or four or an eight. And we actually typed her as a three in our episode. And they said that they believe that Beyonce is actually a nine, which. <laughs> how convenient is that? How, as Cardi B says, how convenient is that? How convenient is fucking that? Anyways, which made a lot of sense because she's about peace and harmony and going with the flow. And I feel like everybody always talks about how nice she is. Like no one ever really has beef or they say she it comes on too strong. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's like the glue. She's been bringing people together. All those people she brought together for um, Black is King. Are you following? I, I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. She she also gives me a lot of one. And so I'm like kind of on the fence between the nine and the one mm-hmm. um, for her. Because I know she's like, she wants things to be a certain particular way. And is very like black or white about it. Like it, it's either good good enough or it's not good enough. You know what I mean? Like it, if, it, you're not, no... if you're not going to take my notes then I'm not going to give you any more notes until you take the notes that I gave you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's what she told her people. I could I could see the nine, but I could also see the one. So She can be very perfectionistic. Um, things have to be right. Um, Chloe and Hallie talk about like, you know, if you get something back from her with no notes, you're just like, oh my gosh, this song must be amazing. There is a box. I don't want to say a box, but there is something that we can put her in that explains like that nine and one like similarities or how that all fits that'll be on another enneagram episode um but that we'll build on and so we'll definitely bring this back up awesome okay enough chit chat do you want to get us into some breath work darling yeah um so i found uh, a really cool breath work um that i wanted to try on the show um basically it's building on kind of mindfulness and being present and you know we've done like focusing on your breath before um it's kind of a derivative of that it's a really focused meditation um but in this one what we're going to do is we will pick an object in the room so you have your eyes open and you will intensely focus um on that object uh and you want to try to take in as many details as you can so you're focusing for a few seconds gathering details Uh, And then we're going to close our eyes uh, and then focus on remembering the details of the object in our mind's eye. Um, So one more time, we're going to pick an object, spend a few seconds studying the object, close our eyes, bring the image of the object into our mind's eye. And you want to just visualize all of the details of that object, the size, the color, the texture. Remember how the light bounces off of it and just try to recall any details you can. Um, and focus on that object. So um, let's go ahead and start. So I want everyone to pick an object in the room. I'll give you a couple seconds to do that. All right, now, now that you've picked your object, I want you to spend the next five to 10 seconds studying that object. All right, now let's close our eyes. And I want you to bring the image of the object that you selected into your mind's eye. And for the next 20 to 30 seconds, just visualize all the details of that object in your mind's eye. If your mind wanders, just gently bring yourself back to that object. Let's just focus on that. gently open your eyes hopefully for those 20 to 30 seconds you were able to clear your mind and only focus on that that one object and really practice that mindfulness that we're all hoping to reach thanks Meg. 
I was focusing on my purse. <laughs> Not like in an abundance way, but kind of like an Aretha Franklin way. Like, you know, she didn't go nowhere without her bag. Like I was focusing on my bag, but then I was terrified that I am secretly telekinetic and that it was going to fall and ruin the recording. So I just wanted to share that with you. Okay, that's an interesting um, exercise or uh, application of the, the breath work. Okay. okay. <laughs> but my third eye was tingling. I was I was holding the image. It was it was popping. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> why don't you help us uh, introduce the topic of the day? Yes. So today we're talking about something that's been on our mind to talk about for a while. We teased it a little bit in our trailer for the whole show. Um, So we are talking about Reiki tonight. We've seen it become more and more popular in pop culture. It's been um, appearing on shows. We brought it up a few episodes ago about how it was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, They had Reiki-infused facials, which I need to get one ASAP. So, yes, Reiki is the topic. All right. So um, as Jim mentioned, we have talked about Reiki on previous episodes. Um, Reiki is basically a form of energy healing. Um, We know scientifically um, that all things are composed of energy. Go back to your physics class, you know, potential energy, kinetic energy, all those Mm -hmm. different concepts that were explored. Energy is never uh, destroyed. It only transfers, right? Yes. Were you good at physics? No. no. Okay. That's well, because my physics teacher was terrible. You were looking at me with a real blank expression. So I was like, maybe, <sighs> maybe not. It's not my fault. You know, and this is really a testament. This is another aside. This is a real testament to who pours into you. Okay. My physics teacher was a coach. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he was, um, more he focused. was he was not of love and light. I'll say it like that. <laughs> How about that? He wasn't Wait, of love and light. Is he the one that made people sign contracts if they were talking? Yes. Oh, <laughs> let's get into it. I was ready to move on, but Mick wanted to bring up some old stuff. Yes. So my um lab partner, a good a good friend of mine, um we were chatty Cathy's, which I mean she Aquarius. Actually, I know. What was her sign? I forgot. But um, she actually worked in radio for a little while, so that's actually really funny. <laughs> so um, we were talking probably too much in class. Okay, my bad. But he wrote something on this piece of paper. We were both talking, but for some reason, we he wrote something on this piece of paper and put it in front of my friend and was like, you need to sign this. And it was like this affidavit that this handwritten affidavit that she had um been disruptive in class and no one could learn this was like an 11th grade it was like what so he slides this piece of paper in front of her and i'm trying to kick her under the table like girl don't do it don't sign it like your mama will come up here don't do it you know it was it was a bad idea and he just put all this pressure on her to sign it and um it sounds like first first forty eight. It's a mess. <laughs> what's what's the boxer's name that just got beat up again? What's the name? Dang, I know Wilder. Wilder. So to this day, <laughs> why uh, why you gotta be the boxer that just got beat up again? <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all know I'm a mama. I'll be like, what's his name? What's the what's the baby name that got beat up again? He got beat up two times by the same guy. What's his name? Wilder. To this day. No, I'm not going to say that because I'm of love and light now. I've released that man from that hurt that he Mm. imposed on me and my friend. Um, But funny story, his wife also sabotaged my spelling bee dreams four years prior. She said I spell reformatory with a C and I would never. So I got beef with that family and I'm trying to like, you know, I don't even eat meat anymore. And we'll talk about that too, but. How you doing? <laughs> they had it out for me. So moving on and getting back on to our topic. <laughs> 
for centuries, there have been different names that cultures have given to the energy that flows through all living things. Um, so just to name a few, you know, in Europe, um, it was called life force. Um, in China, it was called chi or ki. Uh, in India, it is referred to as prana. Uh, in parts of West Africa, it is called niyama. And in the Christian tradition, uh, we call it the Holy Spirit. Um, so I actually found a site that listed 45 different names that different cultures have for universal energy. So it's pretty prominent. This is just another classic example of being like, oh, we're doing something different. We're doing Reiki now. We're getting into Reiki and like trying to figure out what that looks like. Are we branching off? And then it's like, no, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the same old thing. Mm -hmm. We just repackaging, using it in a different way. So I love it. Yeah, so cultures started exploring this energy. There are a number of modalities that practice the manipulation of that energy. So there is Qigong from China and pranic healing from India. Acupuncture talks a lot about chi. So that's about like using those little itty bitty needles to move the chi around in your body. Yoga is about moving the energy in your body through different poses. All of those are considered forms of energy healing. So Reiki is just one of those many practices. And I think there's a feeling of being like, oh, what's the answer? And I think it's, it's, there isn't an answer. It's just, how are you going to do it? Yeah. I mean, same energy, just different ways of, of working with it and utilizing right. it. Um, you know, certain people are drawn to different modalities. Mm. Uh, I think you should just kind of experiment and find what works really well for you. Um, so anyway, so Reiki, the main belief is that, you know, this universal life force energy, we're all connected to it. Um, but if you're tuned into it, attuned, uh, kind of like a radio tuner, uh, we can access and really direct this energy to heal ourselves and to heal others. Um, so a key thing is that Reiki doesn't utilize the energy of the healer, but it rather uses the healer as a conduit for the universal energy to flow through to anyone who is receiving or being healed by that Reiki energy. That really appealed to me when I was learning about Reiki was that you're a channel like you just receive you receive that energy and it goes through you and um, into the the client or the person receiving the Reiki. Um, for me as an empath, I was very, very nervous about energy work personally because I was scared that, you know, somebody's right arm hurt. Now my right arm hurt. And I got stuff to do today. And <laughs> that sounds so bad. But, but you know, you hear about people like taking on and like sucking sickness out and like not knowing what to do with it and being, you know, um, like you almost have to be more skilled to know what you're doing with energy. I think this, uh, like I said, this appealed to me because I didn't have to take on anything that was that wasn't mine. And also, apparently, just being a channel and working with the energy also gives you a little added boost, too. Yeah. So it's like taking somebody to the dentist, but your teeth got clean and you need not to sit in a chair. Okay. That's a, that's an interesting analogy, but I'm 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 rocking with it. I'm Does a, that I'm, not work? I'm going to let it rock. I'm going to let it rock. I'm going to let it rock. That don't work? Does it work? It works, baby. Okay. <laughs> so where did Reiki start? As a modern practice, it originated in Japan, modern, in the 1920s, when Dr. Mikao Yusui started teaching it. So Dr. Yusui has certainly spread this current form of Reiki, but many healers and historians actually believe that Reiki originated long before Dr. Yusui started using it. Yeah, like as a kind of a quick aside, there's actually a form of Reiki called Kemetic Reiki that traces its roots all the way back to ancient Egypt. Um, and so it's it's believed that Dr. Yusui kind of rediscovered um, this older 
energy form. Um, some believing that again that it started in Egypt, uh, and then created the modern form of Reiki from the principles of this older practice. Um, Jen and I don't really have experience with comedic Reiki, um, but we definitely want to learn more about it, and hopefully we'll do a, a episode on it in the future. I decided we're going to Egypt. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay, I'm down. And just. I mean, I've been once. You've been once. I have not been. Um, yeah, I'm just going to put that out there. I'm going to release it and see what comes back. I love it. Fantastic. It. We'll report back once we go to Egypt. I don't know when that is. But for today, we're going to focus on Dr. Yusui's form of Reiki. Um, yeah, so the story is Dr. Yusui became very sick during a cholera epidemic in Tokyo. Uh, and while he was kind of going through this illness, you know, it was, it, you know, cholera is bad. So he was going through this illness. He had a spiritual awakening. Um, you know, he was really tapped into spirit uh, and learned about kind of this healing method that includes different hand positions uh, and different symbols. Um, and so he was able to heal himself, but he wanted to kind of, you know, go go even further uh, inward to to really tap into more. Um, of what spirit could potentially reveal to him. Um, so he went up to a mountain. He did meditation and fasting for 21 days. Uh, and then after this time, he came down from the mountain. He stopped in a village. He was able to heal um, a girl and then later went back to his monastery and healed a colleague. Uh, and then eventually Dr. Yusui moved to Tokyo to continue and kind of further expand his healing of other folks. Uh, and then also spread the knowledge of Reiki that he uh, was able to gain during this period. A couple of things that came up while you were talking about that. Cholera. I only know about that from Oregon Trail. It killed a couple of, of folks in my, you know, wagon situation when I was. Oh, I thought you were going to say like your ancestors. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My, di my digital ancestors. <laughs> your digital ancestors on that old school Mac. Stop. What is cholera? Is it's it like it's actually a, a a water contamination. It's like when um when I think I want to say like feces gets in the water. Oh, or is that dysentery? It's one of them. See, I was going to say I always get it mixed up with. Is it dysentery? Yeah. Oh, I always called it dysentery. Or oh, is it is it dysentery? I don't know, man. We gotta look that up. We'll I thought, I thought you were the spelling B champ. You should know this. I know how to spell it. D y s e n t e r y dysentery. Don't do me. Anyways. <laughs> okay. The second thing I wanted to bring up, because I, I think like we're talking about Reiki, we're talking about energy healing, and, and and we'll get into more of like actually what it looks like. But just like for people who don't know anything about Reiki and they're hearing about somebody using energy, maybe from where? It's like this invisible energy came into your body and then like what? You just laid hands. but. Yes, yeah. that's what Reiki is. I think what's so amazing about that story is imagine like you're in your village, you're sick, you're minding your business. This man comes down from the mountain and was like, baby, I can heal you. And you're like, uh, okay. And he did it. And then the colleague, the colleague is sitting back at the monastery. It was at the monastery, right? Yeah, yeah. at the monastery. Dr. Yusui's been gone, talking about he probably been eaten by a lion or something, whatever. And he shows up and he's like, no, look, I really, I got the sauce. You know I'm saucy. <laughs> <laughs> and I healed this girl in this village. And the colleague is like, okay. And then he healed him. There's also a principle or knowledge in Reiki that I think is beautiful is that the person receiving Reiki doesn't necessarily have to believe in Reiki. Yeah. Um, so this is also a testament to that. Like being silly, but like seriously, like that's really cool that like people were immediately like, oh, like this is the it's real legit, deal yeah. bill. Fast forward about a hundred years to now, and there have been several masters of Reiki and variations on the symbols that Dr. Yusui first taught. So, you know, he was teaching multiple people. And so we've seen multiple masters, Reiki masters, come up with variations on a theme. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- I mean, these variations have even kind of like split into different like Reiki official organizations and stuff. And like, you know, some people feel like they got the right Reiki and every other Reiki is is wrong, you know, that kind of thing, where it's like, this is the right way to do it. It's kind of like how Bitcoin has like split into like all these different types of Bitcoin. Or I even sure. think about like uh, in a lot of our black churches mm-hmm. where, you know, there was a such and such missionary Baptist church. And then that there's some folks in that church who was like, nah, I don't want to do it like what y'all doing over here. So I'm going to go start the greater such and such missionary Baptist church. You know, real pity. But I know. it's kind of the same idea, though. That happened in my Baptist church as a child. Yeah. They were like, oh, they left and they started a new church and they just named it greater. I was like. So you was at the original still or did you go with the greater? I folks? was at the original. Oh, OK. So you don't know if the greater was actually greater. I'm loyal. Okay. It wasn't because ain't nobody ever heard about it. <laughs> How about that? No, <laughs> I'm sorry. <gasps> Woo. That just, you know, you are really triggering me tonight. <laughs> I have talked about things that have happened to me as a child mm-hmm. that I have not thought about in years. Okay. I don't know whether to thank you or give you $90 for your time. Well, let's let's bring it back. Let's, get this, <laughs> let's review the Reiki principle so we can, you know, get ourselves back into the uh, love and light. Yes. As Mick was saying... I'm back, y'all. It's five. <laughs> there are five principles of Reiki. The principles are meant to create a peaceful mindset. They are, just for today, I will not worry. Just for today, I will not be angry. Just for today, I will do my work honestly. Just for today, I will give thanks for my many blessings. Just for today, I will be kind to my neighbor and every living thing. A lot of Reiki practitioners repeat these each day or have them posted in their healing space. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, definitely as I've been getting into Reiki, something that I try to um, say in the morning when I first get up or I have them posted actually on a, on a little note card by my desk. Um, so when I'm working, I get into those. Um, I think what I, what stood out for me about them was like, just how like universal the concepts are. Um, my boo over here, she loves to talk about expansiveness. That's one of her favorite podcast words. Expansive. Um, and I think just, this really kind of illustrates how we've, you know, expanded our viewpoint, but at the same time, we're exploring like very familiar concepts that we've, you know, grown up with, um, as we've kind of practice religion and gotten deeper into spirituality Mm, mm -hmm. you're trying to upstage me because i don't have the five reiki principles written down next to my desk do better oh (laughs) oh okay um no i'm just kidding i will write them down no that's actually a really good idea um and i think that the more that you utilize them in your day-to-day i think when certain things start to come up you can easily more easily dismiss them because remember just for today i will not worry you're like oh what am i gonna do just for today i will not worry oh you know my physics teacher he was Mm -hmm. such a blankety blank just for today i will not be angry yeah even just that phrasing just for today right it puts you in the frame of today and the now and the present Mm -hmm. which is like key to mindfulness so you're not worried about tomorrow mm. you're not worried about the past mm-hmm. just for today like this is worry about right now here so i, I love it for that reason as well mm-hmm. uh so what does a reiki session look like yes a typical reiki session starts with intention setting the practitioner will set an intention and may even ask the recipient to set an intention And an intention could be just to release tension or have Reiki energy flow to where it is needed most, which is also amazing about Reiki is that like the Reiki practitioner doesn't necessarily need to know exactly what's hurting you or what needs attention or what um, like physically. Let's say you have an issue that you might not even really be aware of right now the energy is going to flow to where it needs to go to. It's, you know, the the Reiki practitioner doesn't need to like magically know what that is. 
I think also um, one thing that maybe we haven't really emphasized is that energy healing is both for, or not even both, it's for mind, body, and spirit. So there's physical healing. Of course, there's like emotional and spiritual healing, um, quieting your mind, getting you to be mindful. So it's going to address all of those needs. After you set your intention, the recipient will either lie down or sit up in a chair. Then they, the practitioner typically like sweeps or cleanses your aura to remove any stored external energy. So basically what this looks like is wipe me down, but like they're not really touching you. <laughs> Head, like, shoulders. That's actually an excellent analogy. And I had never thought about that even when I'm like doing <laughs> doing Reiki. So now I'm going to think about wipe me down when I when I perform Reiki on people now. But that's funny. And I have another story. So this was a friend of mine who was working at this camp and there was a little kid and wipe me down was out. Okay, there was this little kid. I think the little kid was like 10 or something. And he was like, you know, I really, really love that song, White Bananas. And he was like, White Bananas. <laughs> and ever since then, I hear that in my head. Anytime I hear Wipe Me Down, White Bananas. <laughs> anyway, after the aura <laughs> is swept, the... <laughs> After the aura is swept, the practitioner will work with the Reiki symbols uh, and begin applying their hands either above or directly on different parts of the body. There are different hand positions for each chakra. So Reiki can be a really effective way to get your chakras aligned, Um, you know, we talk about chakras all the time, chakras and chakras, hello. If they're too open, if they're blocked, um, really trying to balance that energy in those different energy centers. Yeah, it's, it's been really, um, as I've, you know, performed Reiki healings on people, I have been able to like either feel energy coming off of different chakras or feel like a lack of energy uh, coming from from different chakras. And like, I've been able to kind of give folks feedback, like, hey, like your heart is like, really giving off a lot of energy right now. I'm not feeling much coming off your throat, for example, like, you know, kind of give that that chakra feedback. Um, and this has been really cool to like learn. Chakra feedback. I love it. <laughs> um, so we're, we'll dig a little bit more into the details, but Mick recently attuned me in levels one and two in Reiki. So I haven't actually had the opportunity to perform Reiki on an adult. I perform on the kids all the time. So I haven't been able to practice Reiki on an adult. Um, and so I haven't had that experience yet of like feeling through their different chakras. And so I'm very excited to do that. You know what? You should just let me give you um, a treatment. I, th I'm, I was just about to say that. Like we can just do that. That's not a problem. Okay. Um, I'll put you on my books. All right. Pencil me in, girl. Um, however, when I do Reiki on myself, because you can give yourself self-treatment, I have found going through like different areas of my body where I might be holding things, which is, which is like amazing to me. It's like this, it's a very interesting sensation of like where I might've been f holding something in my heart and I feel like this like cathartic release, you know, without all the crying and like weeping. Um, but it's like this, like, like this emotional, like heart sigh of just like, <sighs> you can let that go. So that's been really nice. Dope. Yeah. So in addition to, applying Reiki to yourself or to other folks. You can also apply Reiki to animals. I've mm -hmm. actually um, done that with our dog. Um, Reiki can also be applied to food or it can be applied to buildings like your house to you know, spread that positive energy in a place. Mm. Yeah, food, of course, piqued my interest because I like to eat. And um, it just made me think of some things that like, 
societally or colloquially we do already, like blessing our food, saying grace. Um, When people were like, oh, you really bake this peach cobbler with love and you really make all our food with love. Um, Or like when you even think about certain cultures and like, like Big Mama, how she would like make this food and would be so just like over the moon when everybody just loved it or like Italian grandmothers and like how important it was to have everybody around them and they would like make this food and it just tasted so good. But when you try to make it, it just really didn't quite hit. Mm. Um, is it the spices? Is it the energy? Mm. You know, like saying grace is like energetically like setting an intention for your food. I was literally about to just talk about saying grace. Yeah, I think that's exactly what that is, right? We're putting energy, positive energy uh, onto the food before we eat it. Mm. So on the flip side of that, because we love Uber Eats and DoorDash around here, because I'm tired and we got a lot going on. But energetically, who is preparing your food? You better bless it. You better bless it. That's the lesson. <laughs> because they over here talking about here come Bob talking about why you didn't check in. Why didn't you sign in and you didn't give this person your day? And they chopping the food and they mad, mad. And now you sitting down eating your beautiful salad and your shrimp scampi. And now you looking at Mick and you mad. Oh, that's why you got to bless your food. Look at that. Did you forget to bless your food tonight? <laughs> No, I always bless my food. Actually, the kids bless our food, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, no, I was just, that was just an example. That was an illustrative, illustrative example for the listeners. Okay. Um, so let's say someone wants to get a Reiki session. Um, what is the best way for them to find a Reiki practitioner? Instagram. No, I'm just kidding. I mean. Maybe. But we're going to get through the serious ones first. There are a few associations that you can search on um, each of these websites. And we'll definitely put them uh, in the show notes to find practitioners. The International Association of Reiki Practitioners and the International School of Reiki. Yeah, um, you can also just Google Reiki plus your city. Uh, and then check the Google reviews on any practitioners that show up in those results. Um, you might also find that certain spas or holistic healthcare facilities will offer Reiki. Mm. Yeah. When I said Instagram, I was like kind of joking, but I find so much stuff on Instagram now. So I would just like hashtag Reiki yeah. Seattle, hashtag Reiki Branson. Missouri. No, I'm sorry. We were talking about Branson, Missouri earlier. (laughs) But like, you know, put your city in there and see what comes up. You know, you might be surprised and you might be able to find someone and hopefully you have a really good session. Also, many Reiki practitioners have the ability to perform distance Reiki. So if you're in a location where you can't physically receive Reiki or you're not quite ready for in-person sessions, okay, because COVID is still real. You can contact a Reiki healer that does distance sessions. So Melanie Esperon, our favorite psychic, who we had on the show a few episodes back, she actually performs distance Reiki. So she's based in San Diego, but she talks to people all over the world. Yeah, and we'll uh, put another link to her in the show notes, as well as a couple of other folks in the uh, Reiki space who I know also do um, distance as well. Um So you might be wondering what it takes to become a Reiki practitioner. Um, There are three levels of Reiki training. Each level comes with an attunement ceremony where your body is tuned to receive Reiki energy. And sometimes those attunements can be combined. Like Jen mentioned, she received one and two at the same time. So um, that definitely can happen as well. Um, Going through each level, level one, the first level of Reiki helps the practitioner open their crown chakra to receive Reiki energy. Uh, and the focus is primarily on self-treatment. Uh, so it can really help you to heal your own energetic imbalances, get your get your chakras in alignment. Um, so definitely great uh, there with, the, with that level one. Um, level two, so the second level actually introduces the practitioner to the symbols 
um, and they can begin um, doing, you know, specified healing ceremonies or healing treatments uh, on other people. Uh, and then lastly, level three or master level. Um, so I've seen folks kind of separate this into kind of two levels, 3A and 3B, um, or level three and the teacher level. But essentially that master level is um, where folks can then start to teach or attune others into Reiki healing as well. Mm. Yeah, so I wanted to talk a little bit about how I got introduced to Reiki. Um, you may have heard the phrase, I didn't choose the game, the game chose me. Um, but like Loki, that's how I feel about me with Reiki. Um, I had heard about it when we were kind of fairly new to our spiritual journey, um, but didn't really know a ton about it. Um, and then, you know, Jim was pregnant and we had a postpartum doula after she gave birth to our youngest. Uh, and the doula was a Reiki master. Uh, and so one day we were kind of chatting while Jen was taking a nap and she started talking to me a little bit more about her Reiki practice. Uh, and it kind of piqued my interest. Wait a minute. Why, why did I have to be sleeping in this story? Cause you were. Can I just say one thing about it though? What's that? Um, so we met our doula, shout out to cookie. She's the best. Um, and, we didn't really know anything about her except that like she's an amazing postpartum doula. So we were super excited, but we were inviting her into our space. We had crystals all over the place. I was getting into tarot more often. We were saging and whatnot. And I was like, hide the crystals, <laughs> hide the crystals, hide the tarot cards, put it away, put it away. We would like whisper about crystals in the bag or like whatever we wanted to talk about. And I just randomly like woke up from this nap and surprise cookie was a whole Reiki master this whole time. And I think she also was kind of like, yeah, you know, people like might think it's weird. I think the lesson in that was live your life out loud. I think also like we were clearly brought together. Oh, us as client and her as, as doula for a reason. A so thousand percent. Um. So anyway, so she, tells me about uh, this book uh, on Reiki that's written by Lisa Powers. Um, and y'all know me. I love a book. It's not a book <laughs> I, I, I uh, admit that I didn't all uh, didn't want to get into. Um, and so I ended up buying it, reading through it. Um, and then, you know, as I was kind of getting more into the book, she's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a master. I can, I can do the attunement process for you. Um, and so it was, it was just like, this like, whoa moment. We were in the middle of COVID. Um, I had been laid off a couple months prior. I had, you know, time to read, time to study, time to meditate for 21 days, do the whole deal. And then here was a master like right here in my house who was coming to the house every four, like four days a week um, and was able to give me an attunement from the comfort of my own home. So, you know, I look back on it and it was like, yeah, you know, I didn't choose it. It chose me. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, this was the time in my life where I was meant to do Reiki. Right. Like, I don't even think you would have had a proper chance to be like, nah, I don't really like you would have had to be really stubborn to be like, nah, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. Like, it was just like, baby, how much easier would you like for it to be? <laughs> yeah. I've cleared the schedule. Yeah. The woman is in house. What else do you need? I, I wasn't stubborn. I just went. I went with it. You did. No, I'm very <laughs> proud of you. Um, yeah, I feel like. Oh, I was trying to think as we were preparing for this when I first heard of Reiki. Well, I actually first heard of Reiki on Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> I know I watch so much Bravo, but um, I don't watch Vanderpump Rules anymore. I'm so tired of their nonsense. But uh, Jax, pathological liar. He was like, oh, I need help and I need counseling. Da, da, da. And he found this Reiki master and like, you know, Bravo was like production was like adding the music to it and they made it look really kind of hokey and gimmicky. And the Reiki master was cute. And he's also a philanderer. Um, <laughs> and 
And so he was like, oh, I just love Reiki. It's so amazing. And I think he was just trying to get at the Reiki master. And so I was like, okay. I was like, California people are weird. This was probably three to four years ago when he was into that. Um, But then since then, like we were on our spiritual journey. Fast forward, probably summer of 2020, summer, fall, my job was trying to get me some more like career development and they launched this program where they were having certain people this is not a brag but they gave me a career coach you know it's like this like perk and I could go in and pick my career coach and honestly I didn't want to do it I was like I got enough stuff to do then to talk about my career right now um and so I was like whatever I'm trying to be better because you know I was like, I'm trying to be better and I'm trying to like just go with the flow a little bit more. I was like, maybe this will bring somebody to me who will be really helpful. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go with it. And I kind of clicked through a few things. Um, but they were like kind of very generic questions. Like, do you need somebody who's going to give you like a lot of action items or somebody who you just kind of want to talk to? And so I was like, okay. So it was very, very generic. The first person that popped up like they gave me a selection of three people. The first person that popped up was this woman who was a mother. She was a yoga instructor. She was a Reiki master. And she had like had multiple careers, which was something that I was like thinking about of like, what do I want to do next? Do I want to stay in this career forever? Um, And I was like, uh, okay. And so we ended up hitting it off. Like she was my career coach for that period of time. She was amazing. She was also an Enneagram nine. She read my aura like from a distance. Like we were like doing all kinds of stuff in there that my job is probably like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, she was like, yeah, I can read your aura. I'm not going to send you any Reiki because you're pregnant right now. And like, I was just like, this is amazing. Like it's also a lesson of like, calling in what you need and crafting whatever you want to look like however you want it to look like so there was that so that's how I I had heard about um Reiki then and I was like starting to get a little bit more interested I was on Clubhouse um because we used to be on we used to be on Clubhouse quite a bit like just hanging out but um I was on Clubhouse and I was in this room and they were like, oh, everyone should get attuned in Reiki 1 and 2. It's just like a good idea. And so I was like, huh, okay. I had already had a few sessions with Melanie, who's also a Reiki practitioner. So it was starting to like, you know, for me, I had to like kind of like warm up to it a little bit. So I guess Spirit was like, okay, we just going to drop some nuggets. All right, now hit it with another one. Now hit it with another one. And so like I got that and then I come out of this nap because apparently I was just like sleeping the day away per Mick. No, I'm just kidding. I was resting as a new mother and I come out and he was like, cookies are Reiki master. And I was like, uh, okay. But I still wasn't ready. I still wasn't <laughs> quite ready. I don't know what, I don't know what the delay was. I think honestly, you know what it was. I had a lot going on. I was juggling quite a bit of things of like, you know, just being a mom, two kids, full-time job. Um, but then, like, our other endeavors were launching this podcast, like, at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to force it. I'm just going to see how I feel about it. And then Mick ended up getting attuned to the master level. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, how amazing would it be if I was the first person that you attuned? I was your first. <laughs> and because <laughs> I missed that boat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wanted to be your first in something. Well, you got my Reiki. <laughs> Reiki first, baby. <laughs> no, but I was like, how cool would it be if I was your first that um that you attuned? And um and how special would it be for me that my husband attuned me? Like I was like, that would be really, really special. Um so we did that in September, at the end of September. So I'm very new to the game. But I've been doing my self-treatments and I use it on the kids. Pro tip. Reiki on infants? 
you're trying to get them to go to sleep, it's better than melatonin. It calms them right down. I mean, I think there's always this, like, not always, but, like, I think it was natural to have this, like, little small seed of, like, have I just really gone off the deep end? And our youngest fights sleep, goes to war. We talked about it. Aries moon, okay? <laughs> like, you literally have to, like, kind of, like, brace her to get her to kind of calm down and be like, you know what? I am exhausted. I'm just going to go to sleep. But, like, I started doing Reiki on her at night. um, And it was so fast how she would go to sleep and she would go into, like, a really deep sleep um and sleep all night sleep 12 hours it's amazing and so like it, it's very soothing for them so i have really enjoyed seeing that impact on the children i did find it a little difficult to stick with myself reiki treatment treatment sometimes um because of just like the day-to-day even though it doesn't take long i'm personally still trying to work on like this is self-care and that's carving out like a small time, a small moment to just do this one thing. So there, look, there were a lot of nights I was doing my self-treatment, like laying in the bed. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't like get into our meditation space and like formally do it, but I did it. And so I, I got through my 21 days. Um, I was going to get on here and lie to y'all and say, oh, I'm reading this book about medical Reiki. That's a lie. I bought the book, <laughs> but I have not really read it. However, I'm going to, and then I'm going to tell y'all all about it. So that was my personal journey with Reiki. Um, the fact that I can use it on the children, I think is so great. So, so great. So in closing, I hope um, if this piqued your interest at all and like everybody does not have to be a Reiki master and everybody doesn't have to get attuned. You don't have to do anything. Okay. Um, But, you know, go get a session. You might really, really enjoy it. I think we really approach this kind of from like our experience with like learning about it to be practitioners. But I, I really hope that if you were just thinking about getting a session and being a recipient or a client of Reiki, that this picture interest is like, this is another different modality that you can put in your pocket for like overall wellness. Um, and like at a minimum, just like it's self-care and it's like taking some time for you and receiving like some good vibes. So yeah, hopefully that gives you guys a good overview of Reiki. Um, it hopefully demystifies, um, you know, just what it is and how it works. Um, and definitely want to encourage you guys to look into getting a session. Mm-hmm. So before we go, we wanted to have another segment. Uh, it's one that I promised I'd do in the past. And that's it was all a dream where I discuss one of my dreams. So I wanted to tell the story of my cow dream. Um, so this happened back in January. Um, I was, you know, having a, a nice peaceful sleep um, <laughs> and found myself in this dream where it was like being in a first person video game. Um, and my character was a cow. Like I'm on this pasture. I had some control of my movement. So it was like kind of a semi-lucid dream where I could move my head kind of from back, uh, from left to right. And I could see other cows. I could see the grass. Um, And yeah, during this dream, I'm kind of hanging out, eating eating grass. I have a a calf that's with me. Um, And after, I don't know, a few seconds, these people come, I assume like the farmers and I mean, they they take my calf from me and like I start having like a fight or flight response. Um, I'm, you know, my my heart's starting to beat faster. My adrenaline's going. And I remember like waking up and, and sitting up in the bed wondering where my oldest daughter was like, you know, thinking that this was like 
someone taking my actual child, right? Like I like really put myself into the persona of a cow. Like it was like Doja Cat, like, like bitch, I'm a cow. <laughs> like I was like legit a cow. Um, and yeah, it, it just like really, really shook me. Um, and I think, you know, for me, like the, the obvious kind of interpretation was just like this, like wanting to have empathy for, for cows. Um, and like, you know, my own cow child was getting turned into veal, like in, in the dream. And so like, it, mm-hmm. it just kind of like completely turned me off to beef. And, you know, I was a big fan of burgers. Like I had my burger spots all over town. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't had any beef since January, since having that dream. Um, so yeah, that was just like a very, I mean, life changing, diet changing dream for me. Um, so yeah. That that's my that's my my cow dream. Yeah. Uh, well, a couple of things. Mick was looking for our oldest because I was still pregnant. Um and he told me he was like, I'm not gonna eat beef anymore. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well that's cute for you. <laughs> and he was like, I mean, it's like veal. It's like they were taking my my calf away for veal. And I was like, Veal bolognese. There's this spot by us that makes this veal bolognese. It is so good. Look at you trying to eat my calf. <laughs> and I've um I've had a little beef. I think I had beef one time. I think I was making a charcuterie board for people and well, I don't I don't put anything out that I'm not gonna personally taste. So <laughs> but really like it ended up, long story short, um, I was also like having some weird nausea towards the end of my pregnancy. And so like, I also kind of phased beef out. So like, we really haven't looked back collectively since. Um, But yes, so that was the obvious interpretation that resonated with you, Mick. But let's also talk about what some of those symbols mean on a deeper level. Yeah. So I had to go and do some research. Um, The cow has a lot of symbolism. Um, It's revered in a lot of cultures, probably most famously in India um, in Hinduism, the cow's horns symbolize the divine or the gods. Um, the four legs symbolize the Vedas, uh, which we've talked about before. That's where the chakra system kind of first was mentioned. Um, and then the udders of the cow represent material wealth, desire, righteousness, and salvation. Um, and even in ancient Egypt, cows were also considered to be sacred there. Um, cows were connected to female fertility and the mother of the pharaoh. Yeah, and when you look at cows as dream symbols specifically, what you'll see is it has associations with the mother, femininity, nourishment. The cow symbol also means abundance, sacrifice, gentleness, and humility. Yeah, um, and then... Specifically, the the calf, right? That was a symbol that was in that dream. Um, and when I was looking up what that meant, there was a lot of references to um, it symbolizing the inner child. Um, and that really resonated with me. You know, I've talked before about how different healers have told me how I need to find joy. Um, and that's really so that I can kind of nourish my inner child. Um, there's actually a, a Kanye lyric from the song Power that comes to mind. Um, he says, you know, reality is catching up with me, taking my inner child and fighting for a custody. And I feel like that really like kind of captures my life. Like I feel like I'm I'm in this tug of war where, you know, adult responsibilities, being a dad, running my own business, um, you know, being going through kind of this COVID quarantine period and all the like the fear that's associated with that. Um, it can really, you know rob you of your joy um and so i've been especially during that time in january i mean that was like a lot was going on you know i was in the in the midst of that layoff kind of still had happened like a, a month and a half before that um you were due any week um and so i i definitely was feeling a lot of a pressure um and i think that that was a message to me to really like fight for my inner child mm. Mm. I love that. So that is, um, it was all a dream. Mm. If you guys 
have any dreams that you want us to talk about, we've gotten a couple. Um, so maybe we'll share them in future segments. Um, but yeah, if you, if you feel comfortable sending us one and you want us to talk about it on the show, send us an email. And we can leave it anonymous if that's your desire. All right. As always, if you have a question, please email us at shockersandshotguns at gmail.com. You can always find us on Instagram and YouTube. If you're loving the show, please subscribe and give us five stars. Also, please check out the website, shockersandshotguns.com. And then if you want to be part of our listener community, check out our Patreon. There's a link to that on our website. We got a lot of drops now. We got Instagram, YouTube, website, email. We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. Um, and always, always check out the show notes. So we try and make sure that we have a lot of good information in there. Thanks, guys. Namaste. Namaste.